With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yo, this is Gary Stills, and you're listening to the Raspy Voice Kids. Dry slow, homie. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, joined by Jeremy. I wasn't even ready, but yo, we'll just go anyway. Jeremy Phoenix, we in the building. You are now listening to the Raspy Voice Kids. You are now tuned into the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. We are bringing to you pop culture. Hit you with that pop, 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 Today, we're talking about speed limits. Speed limits. Like practice. But we're talking about speed limits today. And we're talking about them mostly on the highway. Jay, what do you think about speed limits? You know what? When I was a younger man, things were different. Now that I matured and got older, things are also different. When I was a younger man, it's all about that zoom, 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 <laughs> zoom. You know, I have my little Acura Integra. I have my six speed. Hit the clutch, hit the gear, hit the gas, and I'm gone. And then after you get a couple tickets, you realize in life it's not that it's not worth it. You really don't make up that much time. And now, brother, I go five miles an hour over. Maybe there's times where I go eight mile an hour mile miles an hour over. But that's about it, bro. I I'm not trying to get a ticket. Not trying to get pulled over. Not trying to have nobody in my face. Nah, nah. Eight miles. I do the nine miles over because yeah. I, we had a friend, you know, Fed used to drive all the time. And he used to be on the road all the time for work. And because he was on the road all the time, he told me that they won't mess with you if you don't do any more than nine over. How long ago was that? This is t- uh, about yeah, 20 okay. years ago. You need to update. <laughs> you need to. <laughs> I'm just telling you what he said. This so was 20 years ago. You got to update, brother. I've had no problems doing nine. I do nine over. Had no problems. No issues. No, no situations. So that's me. That's what I like to do. Um, but I'm not the kind of dude who gets mad at people who aren't going over the speed limit. As long as you're going the speed limit. I don't get upset. You know, with you. If you go the speed, if you're limit, not in the passing lane, if you're if, not in the passing lane, yeah. If you're going the speed limit, I have no problem. When I hop up there and you're going 15 under, I'm sorry, you need your license check. That's ridiculous. Yes, and go, it's dangerous. And it's dangerous. It's dangerous. Look, at least, at least go the speed limit, or or five. Or I'm not saying five miles under, but somewhere close. Yes. The thing about the speed limit is they'll tell you that the biggest danger is a change in velocity. Danger! So that's whether you're going faster or going slower. The biggest danger is velocity. And people don't give enough credit to the fact that slow drivers are putting people at risk. I almost said another pronoun, but they're putting people at risk. They're putting people at risk, and they need to be checked. And I'm with you. I think there should be a, a an age limit. Like, we have an age limit. What is it? A minimum age to be able to drive. There should be a maximum age where you at least retested. So do you. Do you go too fast? Do you go too slow? Have you had a ticket, Brent? Have you had a ticket? Yeah, I've had tickets, but it's been a long time since. Don't I've had say a yeah. There's a lot of people who get out of them. No, I'm, I've never. I don't think I've ever gotten a warning. I don't think I've ever gotten a warning. 
I think I got one time he was nice enough to give me one for not wearing my seatbelt, which I know makes no sense, so don't come at me. But I wasn't wearing my seatbelt, so he gave me a seatbelt ticket instead of giving me a speeding ticket, which, which I preferred which is cool. over the moving violation. It was very cool of him. Yeah. All right, so so I've had a couple of tickets in my life. I think like two. Not too bad, a little expensive, but I'm done getting them. Brandon, let's be for real. You see them, the, the, them red and blues come on. Yeah. We've seen movies. People, you know, dropping a low gear and go. Speed out. Find me riding on chrome. You ever got out? You ever ran? Yes. You were there. That wasn't you, but all right, tell the story. Definitely, definitely was. King's Island. Not the story you thought I was telling. Oh, wow. <laughs> we're going to King's Island. I'm speeding because I'm 16 or so. So it makes me like 13 at the time. Like back in the day, Raiden, look, look, we didn't have what was the radar detectors. We didn't have radar detectors. We didn't have nothing. We had, GPS. We had human radar detectors. He would turn down the music all the way down, and every all five of us in the car would be on lookout, eagle eyes, look. So, so I'm speeding, heading to Kings Island for no reason. Like we have a deadline or a time to be. It's not like you're going to work and you got to be no reason. Speeding for no reason, and uh, I pass a cop in the passing lane. So he's sitting in the median. I'm in the passing lane, and me and I make eye contact. (laughs) But the traffic was packed, so I just went. I just went zooming in and out of traffic, weaving, weaving, because didn't he didn't hadn't turned his lights on yet. So I'm just going weaving, weaving, weaving. I'm just speeding, going even faster now. Uh, and I see him pull out. I see his lights come on, but he's stuck in traffic. Cause like traffic, you know, once you get close to Kings Island, it gets real bad. Yeah. He's stuck in traffic and I'm just going, cause we were almost to the exit. I get off the exit, get into Kings Island and I look back to make sure he's not there and he wasn't there. I made it. Hey, hey. I'm, I'm a, a I'm a classic Jeremy Phoenix words. Boom, there it is. Boom, there it is. There it is. That's Mike Phoenix, by the way. Whoop, there it is. We're still M. Tittos. No, no, man. I'm on an elevated status. Okay. The truth is, I don't know if I've ever ran. Now, I, I'd forgotten I ran until because, you just said because that. Because I feel like most people, if you run, you get caught. The only people. And then I've, you get charges added. The only people I've ever heard of getting away is people on motorcycles. The Zoom. Zoom. I know yeah. I'm saying that. All right. I'm going to retire that one right now. Um, but people on motorcycles who could actually get out there. But Brandon, I do remember a story. When all of us were in the car and we inspired somebody. We inspired her. We inspired her to bust a move. Bust a move she did. And then bust a move she got caught. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us the story, B. So we're coming back from, uh, we were headed to, we were living in Parkersburg still because we were all teenagers, I think. Yeah, I can't remember where we were coming back. I don't from. think she was a teenager. She was, she was older than us. That's the thing. She was older than us, so she should have known she better. Was. But she was older than us. Couldn't fight the flavor, but, uh, you know, but anyway, so she made listen to the podcast. Just joking. <laughs> anyway, so we come back and, uh, I don't remember exactly how it happened. Do you remember? I do. Tell um, the story then. Cause I don't remember. So, exactly how so, it happened. so what happened? Me, you and Mike with, with her. I think what happened is there was a cop who was speeding towards something. We inspired her. I like this word, not peer pressured. We inspired her yeah. to follow that cop. Like, you know, I don't know, uh, 30, Yards off, off the, uh, the cop's butt, but going the exact same speed as fast as he was. So after a few miles, cop got wise to it. He got, <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty sure he phoned in to somebody saying, Hey, look, I got one for you. <laughs> He's and coming they, up and they were ready and they pulled up. Well, when we zoomed past, we had enough space that there was like a little, I don't know, uh, not cul de sac, but turnaround. Uh, no, not, not turn around. Development to the right. Oh, okay, yeah. 
And we're like, get off, get off, get off here. Cause we're oh, okay. So we go, we're, you're, I thought you were saying when we passed the cop, you're saying we were driving. We passed him. He pulled out, but we were going so fast. It took them a wh- him a while to catch up. So when we went around the corner, we lost him and we're like, Hey, go, 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 get off here, get off here. Went into the development and, uh, he wasn't, uh, he was, he was pretty smart. He's pretty smart. And I remember it doesn't have to be that smart if you think about it now. All you had to do is see the car he was chasing, he no longer sees. And there's only one option, maybe two. And then as we get there, you come up with the bright idea. Pull up to this house right now. It was my idea, wasn't Mikey? I'm pretty sure it was you because you said pull up to this house right here. No, I'm pretty sure I was against this whole thing. I'm pretty sure it was you're Mikey. You're the one who Mikey I, was sitting 100%, in the front seat. Mikey was sitting in the front seat. One hundred percent you're the one who jumped out. One hundred percent you're the one who jumped out. Because we pulled up to this house, this random house, as the cop caught up to us. He wasn't right behind us, but he came around the corner at the same time. You jumped out to act like you were going inside, like somehow this was. Yeah, our and I was going to save us. And I remember the cop saying, um, uh, you weren't running from us. And she was like, no, <laughs> no, I wasn't running. You know the funniest part of that story? Not the running, not the getting caught. It was the convincing our other friend to pay for her ticket. Yeah, I forgot about that too. That was the best part. Her, by the way. My gosh, yeah, I think it was like $180. Something. People want to talk about throwing the book. That cop said, You ain't getting no benefits. Nope. <laughs> go directly to jail. Do not pass. She down. did not go to jail. She just got a ticket. I'm just saying he was throwing the book at her. He did throw the book, but he he could have done like he could have charged with fleeing or evading or something like that. He didn't do he that. He didn't do that stuff, but yeah. <laughs> and it was daylight and we were respectful, you know, once we stopped being disrespectful by running. Yeah. Um, who, who us? Who us? Yeah, I forgot all about that. It's so so funny. funny. It's like Dave Chappelle was like, yeah, he was talking, uh, Dave Chappelle was talking about getting pulled over and his buddy was, uh, intoxicated while they were driving and they had his buddy outside, you know, give him the, you know, test and the cop came up and was like, well, your buddy, uh, he started being, you know, pretty, pretty not abstinent, like bl- not bl- you know, whatever, whatever it was like not, not cooperating. Yeah. And Dave said, he did. <laughs> <laughs> that my friendly <laughs> and that's how we were but you know what that's our stories everybody has stories where they're young yeah everybody's done things everybody's went on trips do you drive five miles an hour over do you drive under do you drive the speed limit have you had tickets most importantly i want to know have you ran from the cops yes let us know get at us get at the rvk rvk do you have cold floors in your home it may be time to insulate your crawl space because cold air is rising into the rest of your home. Alfred Home Solutions can fix this problem. Call them today at 304-317-4105 today to book your free insulation estimate. Again, 304-317-4105. Don't wait. Insulate. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, joined by... Yo, yo, yo. Back in the building. J-Fiend, B-Fiend. Here we are with the kid. Excuse me, the grown man, the NFL legend, the Mountaineer legend. <laughs> the pride of Trenton, New Jersey and Valley Forge Academy, Mr. Gary Stills. Gary, thank you for joining us today. Appreciate it, fellas. Thanks, thanks for having me on. man. I've been trying to get back on here to speak with y'all anyway, just to talk a little bit. Well, you got a lot going on with your son, one son in the NFL, the other one making all conference teams in the preseason for the West Virginia Mountaineers. We're, of course, talking about Darius and Dante Stills. What's been going on with you? 
Man, I'm I'm just chilling, living a, a good, uh, peaceful retirement life. Uh, being a proud dad, that's more, you know, that's more enjoyable than anything to see your kids prosper, do well, and grow. And not only that, you know, follow your footsteps almost exactly. Instead of going to Kansas City, he went to the Raiders. So that's, yeah, he kind of stepped off the, uh, <laughs> the boundary a little bit, but he's still in the AFC West. <laughs> I was just about to say, I saw some pictures with you and the Chiefs. I remember you with Dante Hall on them kick returns, killing it. And yeah, man. And goes to the Raider Nation. I mean, I know, I know, I know, hold up, I know that's your son. You support him. You love him. But my dad was a diehard Chiefs fan. He he he, he raised me and Brandon to know that <laughs> John Elway had done something incredibly horrible that I grew up thinking that he was a terrible person. So I'm a Chief through and through. Man, your son to go to the Raiders? Any mixed feelings? No, man. Hey, you know, I'm 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 retired, man. So, you know, I have no no ties or no connection to any team. You know, any team that decides they want to pick my child, I'm I'm with them. You know, that that's that's an honor, that's a privilege, you know, for to play in the NFL. And when I was young, I was picky. And then when I got drafted to Kansas City, I wasn't picky anymore. So now I'm at that point where, you know, hey, my son can go to the Green Bay Packers, Minnesota. Who knows where Dante going to be next year? I'm just a proud dad riding the wave, man. Because at the end of the day, hey, they got that shield on their back, and they, they living, they living the dream. As long as they can sign them checks and get them cash, You, you right? know what I'm saying. You know, hey, that's all. Hey, the man can take care of himself now. Great job. Janine, you know, for doing her thing, carrying the mail, carrying the weight, you know, 99% of it, you know, de- devoting her whole life to them boys, man. And, and, and I'm just so proud of her. Actually, you know, just, I'm just honored and privileged that she was able to do that while I was actually doing my thing, you know, and now she put another kid in the NFL, you know, to follow his dad and another one going to be in the NFL. So, hey, I, I give her a lot of credit for that. So. Shout to Janine Floyd. Did her yes, thing. Yes. Friend yes, of the show. Absolutely, man. Look, we had you on here, man. We have all kinds of questions to ask you about your time in mm-hmm. the NFL, about your time at WVU. But, man, I feel like you had something to get off your chest. You want to come here to RBK. You want to speak out and, and let it be known. Or you want, you want to talk about your boy uh, Darius, who just went to the Raiders. Or you talk about um, the, the – I don't want to say Belitnik. What was the defensive lineman of the year name? Not Blitnikoff. What is no, it? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, defensive lineman <laughs> of the year, Dante, because everything I'm hearing from all the guys, we've talked to multiple different dudes from West Virginia University. Everybody says, watch out for Dante this year. What you want to talk about, baby? Hey, of course. You know, watch out for Dante this year. You know, Dante going to be, you know, he was just out here. He was in Kansas City with me for a week. Then he came to California here with me for a week. So we've been talking, getting his mind right, you know, his brother being in the league, because, you know, little did everybody know, Darius was always the trendsetter for him. You know, went to college, went to West Virginia, tested it out, did his thing. Dante was in high school. Now Darius is in the pros, did, you know, doing his thing. Dante's coming up behind him. So Dante, he's all, he's trailing because, you know, he's always been put in that position. But he he he's gonna be fine. Now he's there by himself. He has he has to be that leader. You know, Darius is not there. And I think he's gonna really really carry the mail. I mean, that, you, the, have you seen have you seen him? The the boy is big and strong. I was just looking at him like, wow. You know, sometimes I can't believe he came from me. But you know, hey, 
No, he looks he's, bigger he's, this year. This boy's a monster, man. Yeah, he's a monster, man. That's the thing. You, you always talk about Darius and Dante, and we love Darius, and Darius works hard. The, the thing we love and Mountaineer Nation loves, the people who love Darius, is his work, work ethic. He's going to grind. Yeah. He's going to give you 100% every single time. Yeah. Motor. The truth is, though, Dante's yeah. just a bigger dude. He's bigger. He's right. more athletic. He's stronger. Um, so we're excited to see what he could do with West Virginia this year. For you, watching Dante, watching him grow, a young man, now in college, first few years, how big of a jump can he make this year for West Virginia? Can he really have that change of game impact that we need in Morgantown? Of course, yeah. Uh, even even when Dante, you know, come from his sophomore year to his junior year in high school, he made a click because I was just giving him these key things that he needed to do. Get off the ball. Get off. Get off. He worked on that. And then as soon as he did that, it, he took off. I think this year, Dante's he's smelling the blood of the NFL. I think that I think that's what that's that's what's happening. He's gonna see his brother out there doing his thing and and you know, living that dream. And Dante, one thing I can say about Dante, he's inspired by his bloodline. You know, Darius just you know, Darius just a crazy dude, man. You know, Darius just the dude that, you know, you sit back and just be looking at him, you don't know what's going on in his mind. But Darius, Dante is emotional like me. He's in, he's inspired just like me, Darius is completely different. Darius that pit bull that's sitting in the backyard. You don't know whether he likes you or not. Dante's just like me. You're going to smile on your face and dominate. You know what I'm saying? But Dante's picked up on a lot of great things that I've, that I've taught him and also the coaches at West Virginia taught him and then be inspired by seeing his brother move on to the next level. And Dante's just going to follow, man. Hey, so, look, hey, look, for real, the boys inspired me too. Look, I know you ain't got a camera. I got the Dante and Darius haircut. Yo, son. <laughs> got, got, got me faded up. Top is high. Look, Mountain is forever. <laughs> I'm rocking with it. So, oh, and, and, and they seem to be hollering the little shorties that that support them anything. But I'm just saying. Hey, you. Hey, lady. Lady. Anyway. <laughs> you were saying yeah, that you were talking about the coaches. What was like? What was that like for you as a parent watching that coaching change from the Holgerson era to the Neil Brown era? I mean, I, I I never liked that defense, man. That defense was a defense that can hold you. Like, well, you couldn't do anything in that Hogerson defense. You know, the three three five. You mean? No, nah, that's terrible, man. You got to put guys, especially with Dante and Darius. I'm just going to point out my boys and and what's in the Mezzan whatever. Yeah, Key Mezzanor. What's in Yo, he's a he's a man. Oh, yeah, him and Dante. I told I told if I ever get to look at him, I'm saying, yo, if you feed off Dante, you'll be great. Because they're going to be looking at Dante, and that dude is sitting in the back, true sophomore. He's a, he's a beast, too. So that defensive line is going to be a monster, especially with them, too. What you, you know think about I mean? Jalen Thornton? Have you checked out Jalen Thornton? I've, I haven't watched him as much, just kind of flashes. You know, uh, he, he got a lot of potential. He's just a little hesitant right now. You know what I'm saying? He's hesitant, you know, and, and once he gets that, he, he's, he's like – once he gets to say this is your position, he's going to dominate. He's still learning. You know what I mean? You know, he hasn't why, flashed out. What's up? Real quick, we're back with Gary Stills joining the RVK one more time for another Golden Blue interview. If you're just checking in, this is who we're talking to, Mr. Gary Stills, and he's putting a light on the situation as far as the defensive line is concerned in, in Morgantown. The reason why I was asking you about Jalen Thornton, man, is, man, I keep getting these flashbacks. I get these flashbacks of 1998. The schedule release is Dante is Derek. Excuse me, Gary Stills, J, uh, 
I keep saying Jalen Thornton. John. John, John Thornton. John Thornton. Amos Zaraway. The four of y'all. The four of y'all across the screen. Oh, oh. Man. Oh, yeah, on that uh, that, that four horsemen. Uh, me, it was it was me, uh, Amos Zaraway, Foreman. Sean Foreman. Thornton, I think, and uh, uh, Bulger, right? No, no I didn't no, have no, Bulger. No. You and John Thornton. You, John Thornton. No, it was uh, Foreman and Zaraway. We're looking at the picture. Okay, well, I, 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 I can't. I, I keep thinking about my man Mark Bolton. but John, but John is a beast, though. John, yeah, John, John Thornton was like, man, John Thornton was like this dude, right? Where you sit, like you put him in there, and he gonna make a thousand plays, no matter what. Strong leverage, not super duper, not super duper fast, but super duper quick. John Thornton was a monster, man. And he made a nice I, career I had in the John NFL Thornton on my defensive line. Oh yeah, and then you play that 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 whole time. I had John Thornton on my line at any time because he reminded me of a Vonnie Holiday okay. from the NFL. Like you put that joke, in, you can put John Thornton at defensive end, nose guard, three technique, and back at the other. You can put him outside linebacker. I'm putting him in middle linebacker too. I like John. John John's a beast, and he's he's doing his thing for Rock Nation now too as an agent. So he's yeah yeah he's that doing legacy. his thing. Yeah. Yep, uh, pushing pushing the envelope forward on football and get some of these young players, uh, you know. Hey, look, you were there for the glory days, 1998. We were supposed to go undefeated, man. I know it didn't work out that way, but I kind of want to – look, look, we're going to talk about the Ohio State game here one, in a second, but tell me about Barrett Green. Tell me about Nate Terry. Weren't they a part of that same squad? Yeah, yeah. Bar- Barrett Green, to me, honestly, <laughs> you know what, I, I think that sometimes – you can like Barry Green was that linebacker then that can dominate now. Yeah, he was like a. a, a, a he was a hybrid. He was a, I forgot. The, yeah, he was a hybrid linebacker. Before his time, super fast. Yeah. Yep. Playing wheel, they move. He, you know, they move. He, he was like a. You know, how you take a, a, a Aaron Donald and put him in the NFL. He's he's six foot and he's dominating. If you if Barry Green would have been in the era about eight years later. Where they started to switch to those smaller, quick middle linebackers and outside yeah. linebackers, he yep. dominated. We, he yep. played. We, we were playing way before our time. To be yeah, honest, yeah, well, one hundred percent agree. I've thought about that yeah. a lot. Bear Green was a missile too. He would hit you. Yeah. Oh my God. Bear Light Green had up. a lot of you know friendly fires. He gave me a hit pointer in practice one time. I said, Barrett, <laughs> I'm on your team, man. Barrett, he's going, man. He's a friend he of mine. He'd be, he'd be the highly most penalized player in the league, too. But he yeah, he just, would, man. Because oh, he's going to hit you. He's going to hit you anyway, and he's going to get penalized. But, you know, out of him out of him and John Thornton, you know, and, and I, hey, you put you put John Thornton and you put a, a Bear Green, a back then. Like me and Dante and Darius was talking about – can your team beat us? Yes, man. Y'all couldn't beat us. Our defense is <laughs> Come Love on, it. man. We, we had a balance all the way around. We ain't, Dante, you ain't had to figure out how to play the runner, play the pass. I rushed the passer. John Thornton played everything. Barrett Green was all over the field. You had KC Schiller, believe it or not, middle linebacker, balling out. You know, Gary Thompson, he put Thornton, not Thornton, but a quarterback there at safety. I mean, we, we were just playing way we were too small for that for for that uh, for that time. Okay, okay. So so give me my answer because I was just about to say, uh, then why'd y'all go nine and four? <laughs> but y'all was too well, small for that time. I got you. My question is, I'm sorry, West Virginia. West Virginia. What? Honestly, I'm always say this. West Virginia is not that program that's going to dominate like that. 
I mean, I'm just being honest. Just to, from the recruiting, the location of the country, we, you're not going to get a, ever get a net. But in '98, did we have the players? I mean, we had Jerry Porter. We had we, we had Mark Bolger, Sean Bolger. Foreman, Saunders. But, but, but think about it. Think about this. You're putting players in positions that don't play that. Think about it. Jerry yeah. Porter, he's safety in the in the college. He plays wide receiver in the NFL. West Virginia just couldn't figure out where to put players at. Just yeah. think about it. You could you didn't. I mean, Barry Green was a, a player before his time. He's playing out of position at that time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you got Porter playing safety. He's a wide receiver. You had Sean Foreman was damn near a tight end playing wide receiver. Everybody yeah. was playing out of position, but they were playing good enough to win. Just think about it. We didn't. So, if you think about it. Uh, you know, offensive lineman was good, but you didn't. You had the big, the big country Duke boys, but they were doctors and scientists. No, you're not going to win with a bunch of conservatives. You're going to have to have some killers and put them in the right position. Yeah. Other t- other colleges do. You have Alabama's recruiting you to this, for this. They're going to recruit you for that. Like I came in as a middle linebacker. All of a sudden, I'm at a defensive end. Yeah. <laughs> so if you gotcha. think about it. If West Virginia recruited for the actual position and got a dominant player, you could. I mean, you're switching out quarterbacks. You're trying to find – you're going to get the third-string quarterback from what, what, Oklahoma. What's the dude's name? Austin uh, uh, Kendall. Kendall. Uh, and come on, man. You can't go to get a 13 guy and say, come here and dominate. It's not going to happen. He's a backup all day long. So essentially what, you're, what, you're, essentially what you're saying is because West Virginia can't get everybody that they need, they put the best recruits where exactly. they need them instead of playing them where they deserve to who should be. And, and and they 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 but they play good with the hand that they're dealt though. The one like yeah. I can say that they, they they you, you you deal this hand and I'm gonna play it to my best ability because I'm not gonna ever get those dominant players. So, so most so time West Virginia get leftovers. I, my question is about Ohio State. That that huge game, 1998. Fill in the building. Milan Pushkar wasn't called that at that time. Just Mountaineer Field. It's just completely packed. Here we go. First game of the year. It couldn't get any bigger. This might as well be the national championship. Ohio State comes in the building. Man, how was that? How did you feel? What stopped us? Why didn't we win? Who stopped you? I don't know if that is a thing. Let let us know. I mean, only person I remember for the Ohio State team is Andy Katzmoyer. Joe Germain. That's right. See, see, I'm going to tell you one thing about Ohio State. They were a powerhouse. If you think about it, they had everybody in position. You had your All-American middle linebacker. You had your All-American wide receiver. You had your Joe Jermaine's. You had, you had, you had your Murray. You had everybody in position. They were built on powerhouse. When you, just say you come over to West Virginia, right? If you go to the offense, outside of Amos Airway, who else do you really, really have that people going to fear? Anthony Beck. Anthony Beck, you know, look, Anthony Beck wasn't, at that time, you got to think about it, at that time, tight ends wasn't, they were already in the league and playing, you know, or they were in California. What you had, uh, 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 what's your Tony Gonzalez? Yeah. Dominant. You know, Anthony Beck wasn't a super dominant tight end. He was a, a big tight end that can block. He wasn't that fast, strong, but he wasn't that, oh, he going to get out. And we didn't have any game changers on offense outside of Amos Airway. Just yeah. think about it. That's true. That's a good point. So, you, when you you got David Boston, he was there, and and and, and Joe Jermaine. Then you go on to uh, 
the defense, you had Antoine Whip. You had guys that you could say, yo, you know what? When you got the skill positions, they going to dominate. And that's what West Virginia did not have. Is that, had how, it a long is that time how, ago. Is that how huh? you felt before the game? Before the game started? No, no. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I went off tangent. Yo, before the game, I was hyped. I said, we're going to dominate. We're going we gonna to ball out. We went out there and gave them the finish. But, you know, they, they V12'd us. They back-end us, you know, and pulled out in front of us because they had a well-balanced powerhouse program. West they Virginia should. don't have a balanced powerhouse program. They should have won the national championship that year. Who? Ohio West State. Ohio State, yeah. Yeah, but, they, they, but you know, but then – Outside of West Virginia, then you got to go on and play the other boys, and that's when Ohio State was kind of. I think Bush Davis left or something. No, what, what was no? That was Miami. John Cooper sorry. was their coach. They, they, no, no. I was thinking about uh, Miami. Miami. I, I flashed into another situation, yeah. but they, 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 coaches was was were moving out. I mean, you know, West Virginia. I mean, I, I hope I don't get to get beat up, beat in the head over this for the West Virginia fans. But West Virginia has not been a powerhouse since majors because they had that guy at that position they had flashes never but they, didn't have any, they haven't had the solidity right so, never had the powerhouse team is because of recruiting and location of the country in the country seriously no i agree Nealon, even with Nealon, they did that every five years thing so they go undefeated in 88 they go undefeated yeah. in 93 that's why a lot of people thought they could go undefeated in 98 they run into a bus saw with ohio state you guys played ohio state like you mentioned all the greats that were yeah. there all the guys we put in the nfl still didn't touch what ohio state put in the nfl that year they lost to right. ohio state ended up losing to michigan state and charles rogers i believe it was um i remember that game watching that game and Ohio State blew it because John Cooper always seemed to blow the big game. Joe Germain had, I think, his worst game that year against Michigan State, um, and they didn't show up. And also they had trouble. They I don't remember the whole season, but I know that John Cooper had trouble with Michigan, which is one of the reasons why he ended up having to go. But you're making a lot of good points. If people are upset about what you're saying, they're not paying attention. West Virginia has a very small window. The truth is the truth. And and the thing – And how – Go ahead. I'm sorry. And how many – I mean, how many quarterbacks have West Virginia had in the last six years? Too many. You know, you, you, you're shuffling in. You know, you're trying to – and you're playing the hype game. You don't let people play. You know what I'm saying? You don't, I mean, you don't let them play the show. It's like, you come in and you expect this great – you're like, well, Neil Brown is going to do this. Why are you giving these coaches all these praise? Like, don't do that. You got to you gotta go out and recruit these players that are going to ball. It's too political. They're making it political. Neil, I think we got something in Neil Brown. Bro, let me tell you what. Head coach ain't going to win nothing. He's just going to disturb the players or make them comfortable. That's all the coach going to do. He's going to disturb them or make them comfortable. You got to go get some players that's going to ball out do you, in their positions. Do you feel like Neil Brown's doing that? Do you feel like he's going Oh, no, 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 no. That, that, wasn't, that wasn't towards Neil Brown. I'm just giving you, you know, you, you're shifting uh, uh, quarterbacks, you're shifting coaches, and then you're giving all these you, you're giving all these accolades before people even get in there. They got to win first. I got you. I, I just got to win clarified. first. I, I need that clarified because there for a second. No, I no, 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 no. I don't, no. I don't know. I don't know Neil Brown like that. You talk I about in general. Got you. About. Nah, just in general. Like, yes, you yes. know, I'm speaking in general on what the history of West Virginia. You always had a coach, a coaching issue. You know, one coach leave in the middle of the night. And then I, then uh, what's the guy, the last coach there? I'm sitting there looking at TV. Next to he down in Houston. <laughs> From Rich and I'm Rod like, to Dana. Damn. Rich Rod, you no, know, Rich Rod to Dana. Then Dana leave. He go to Houston. I don't know that. I'm like, yo, 
you got to find some consistency here, eh? And you got you can't forget the whole debacle bringing in Dana with know, Bill but Stewart you, but there. But you know what? I'm going to defend West Virginia a little bit because, like you said, we're not the elite program in the country. So this is what happens. Right. Sometimes people right. come along and take. Sometimes, and I feel like getting to the Big 12, the things that um, Oliver Luck did, uh, were good for West Virginia. Maybe they weren't the best, but like getting us into the Big 12 conference, now we're in here with Shane Lyons and it feels like he's making the right moves. I feel like with programs that aren't elite, this is part of the turnover. This is part of what happens because if you have something good, great, great teams are going to come take it. And then if you don't have something that's not working, once again, there's turnover. So it's one of the things where you have to stay a step ahead of the curve to figure it out. So what, what, speaking school, of, did, what school did uh, Brown come from? He came from Troy, down in Alabama. Yeah, that's right. My point. Well, but, they but, beat- but, but, but hold up, but hold up. Uh, <laughs> Urban Meyer, when he went to Florida, what school did he come from? Utah. Okay. Okay, let me ask you a question. Who was Urban Meyer? I'm going to ask you a question. At Utah? No, no. Don't, I'm not talking Meyer, about now right? after he won all his accolades. I'm talking about when he was at Utah, who was Urban Meyer? Somebody who had won at a small school. Uh, I'm not hating. I'm not hating. Every, 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 every once in a while you get it. You know, uh, how many guys from Juca, you know, uh, uh, Irving, uh, uh, the, the guy, the defensive end from West Virginia, uh, uh, Irving? Bruce yeah. Irving. Yeah, Bruce Irving. Bruce Irving. How many Juco's go, come from West Virginia and dominate like that? Every once in a while, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, he probably the most dominant Juco that ever came out of West Virginia, right? I Him, so. Kevin I, White. Yeah, Kevin, well, Kevin White was nice too, yeah. That's it. Think about it. True. Where Kevin White at? Hurt. He's still on the roster, though. I will give him okay. that. <laughs> this, ain't, this ain't nothing to, to, to hit nobody, but you got you to gotta think, man. West Virginia is in a place where ain't anybody get a chance. And it's, it's hard for a coach to come up there in West Virginia and change that change – that, that, that that country school. That's just a country school. Better in the hills. It's way different. It's harder to come into West Virginia as anything. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Yep. To dominate. Like, to, for real. Head coach, player, all that. Because you got to fight. I was a middle linebacker. The best thing that ever happened to me was I moved to another position and dominated. Because I always wanted to do that anyway, quiet as kept. But they moved me to another position and I dominated but West Virginia, they, they got to find a, they got they got to find this niche, and they should have stayed in the Big East. If you ask me, the Big East doesn't even exist anymore. Football, though, it's the AAC now. And, and here's the thing: it's not about the Big East. You know, this day, this day and age is all about money. And look at the money that's being raked in. I mean, look at all the new facilities. The, there it is. The the the, the, yep. the expansion of the stadium, the the new facilities. It's all about money, and and the Big Twelve is making more money. Yeah, than the Big East ever won. Now, I will, I do want to ask you, cause you talked about this a little bit. You talked about coaches from the coaching standpoint, but what about players? How do you feel about the transfer portal having played at the collegiate level and then now having sons at the collegiate level? How do you feel about this new phenomenon? I mean, I, 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 my era was, you know, you grit on, you didn't have all this, you know, probably whatever you did on Saturday. It was in a newspaper on Sunday. You didn't hear about anything unless somebody got hurt. Until that next Saturday. Now they yeah. walk the dog all the way up. They put a lot of pressure on these players. They put a lot of pressure on you to be great. It's another thing. They put a lot of pressure on coaches to be great. So you go in, the next thing you know, 
Neil Brown gets the job and they put 10,000 pounds on him. They say he's great to come in and then it's easy to disappoint people nowadays, but it's yeah. also easy to shoot up to the rocket moon undeserving too. So you got to be careful just as a player and a coach. But, you know, think to, to me personally, a lot of stuff is given. The one thing I like about Darius' situation, always, he always had to earn everything that he ever got. They underestimate him in every level. That's one thing I like about Darius' situation. But most people give him shit. They give it to you. How, how tall are you? Oh, uh, you 6'7"? You 320? Oh, definitely. Without a doubt. I ain't even got to see your footwork. It's funny because we love this, man. We love you you shouting out your, your sons and giving us like real truth and how you feel and give us a little bit of insight. Um, and the truth is, like, for me, I don't understand. Like, you do all this researching and, 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 you know, all these different quizzes and tests and things and agility drills when the truth is you're just going to select who you want to select anyway. But the truth right. is, Darius is a spot where you can prove it. By the the biggest thing you need is an opportunity. Right now, Darius has an mm-hmm. opportunity. And baby, if I'm betting on it, I believe that Stills blood and his grind and his work ethic, mm-hmm. I believe he's gonna make play a uh, plays as a Raider. He's gonna make the squad. And maybe yeah. if, let's say he doesn't make the make the squad of the Raiders, I believe he's gonna be in the NFL for a while. Why? Because I feel like his drive, his drive is higher yeah. than so many people. He's a JC that Javon Carter type drive. You know what I mean? Yeah, Bulldog. Right. So it's a beautiful yeah. thing. And then and then next up, you, you got Dante Stills coming next year. And people are like, oh, should he worry? No, he's bigger, he's stronger, he's faster. There's a reason why he was a four-star. There's a reason why every right. uh, team in the country was coming after him. He's going to have no problem getting drafted. That's my opinion. My opinion, I, I agree. I thought Darius should have been drafted as well. I, I agreed with everything Darius said on Twitter and other places, basically saying that there weren't so many, so many players players. better than him right. at that position. I agree oh, with yeah. him. Um, but Dante, I think, is going. He saw. He's seen the process. Now he's gotten to see the process. Um, right. And like you said, he smells the blood of the NFL. So I think we're going to get a monster season out of him. Like you said, uh, you've talked about nutrition with those guys on top of their work ethic. Um, it's interesting to me, like you said, how he big he is, how strong he is. He looks bigger and stronger than he ever has. And oh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm excited to see him put I, it into practice. I, I feel like Darius was phoning back to Dante, like, look. This is what they got me doing to get ready for the combine. And Dar- and Dante was like, all right, I'm doing all those workouts. Because both of them look more <laughs> in shape, more lean than they had the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, D- Darius went, when, when he went out uh, to Florida to train, that he got a different perspective on. It's different between training for the combine and training for the game. You yeah. know I mean, he was training for the combine, training for the game is different. The nutrition, the diet. You know, the deal is you, you can tell – I'm not a nutritionist by no means. I know what to eat, what not to eat. But, you know, they live their own lives and they're in different situations. So it's like I can't monitor what they eat, how they eat, and when they eat. So it does be a little difficult. There's times where Darius has some issues. I sent him some money to go buy these supplements, go to get this, uh, this, this for your joints and that's for your pain. It's all natural stuff. So you wouldn't have to be getting that, eating that other crap. But, yeah, the, the nutrition was pr- pretty hard. Kind of, you know, nail because they were, you know, dad, I'm hungry, man, and the training table's open and they got hog malls and collard greens. Okay, do your thing, man. That <laughs> <laughs> can't, I can't tell you not to go and eat that cornbread. Uh, <laughs> but no, no pun to any coaches of the present, no pun to any coaches, players of the past. It's just that 
while you sit back over the last 20, 30 years and you're like, why West Virginia hasn't? You have to be truthful, to be honest. It's going to take a, a, a coaching staff to change the narrative. You know, at one time they recruited from Florida, 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 Florida. But, they, you know, they were getting guys. Most of the dominant players were staying home and the other ones was like, well, I think I got to go to West Virginia because I didn't got in trouble with this, blah, blah, blah. So we were getting, you know, players like that. So it's like you have to really pay attention to what West Virginia get and who's coaching them and what their mind state is. Because Doc Holliday was the pipeline from Florida to West Virginia. Yeah, he was. Man. Yes, he was. You know, you know what I mean? don't give Doc his flowers for that, but he deserves them. Yeah. Doc was recruiting them, and he was bringing some monsters in. You know what I'm saying? John yeah. Halley, Damon Cogdale, Gary Tompkins, Barry Green. Yeah. He was bringing them guys, he was bringing them guys in, them beasts in. And he was doing all he could. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and now Don Neely was sitting back chilling, you know? Yeah. No, you're right. You're 100% right. A lot of people don't realize that. Love it. We love your perspective. We thank you for coming on the show, talking about Darius and Dante, but also talking about your time as well, Mr. Gary Stills. And just blessing us. Blessing us blessing with us real with, talk. With the realness. Behind the scenes, man. Got it in. So we appreciate uh, you once again. Gary, we'll be having you back on again, I'm sure. No, no question. No question. Call me tomorrow, man. No. All right, brother. <laughs> Give me as a regular. We can talk about everybody. We're talking about next time we're talking about the NFL. Cousin, everything. And we'll talk we'll about, talk about them taking tour it all out the NFL, but that's for another that's Ooh, for another Don't segment. do that. Don't do that. Yeah, too late. Too late. <laughs> it's already yesterday. it's going down. Well, I'm out to leave, so I'm like, hey, right. that's gonna be a problem, man. You gonna see yeah. you're gonna it's see play go down. You can say what? <laughs> Amen. That's vitamin T, baby. Okay. Appreciate you, fellas. Sports Social Podcast Network. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.